Good morning, everyone, and welcome to. Good morning, welcome to Dum Dum Die, your all female, all awesome, all South African D&D live, actual play, live stream and podcast. I am Wednesday Jolson, everyone. I play Shayra, the goblin, wild magic sorceress. Essentially, she does not look like a goblin, so other goblins don't think she's a goblin. She basically looks like a gelfling. If you guys have seen the dark crystal, that's why she has a button nose and other goblins find that disgusting. Except she's got like big giant floppy goblin ears that are way bigger than her head because she is even small by goblin standards. I have incorporated my lack of being able to assimilate languages. So Shayra speaks the queen's goblin she doesn't even speak goblin like other goblins which is also why she's a bit of a pariah because they're like first of all she's ugly second of all she's short thirdly she like can't even speak the language but that's also why her common is not so great so sometimes when people say things she doesn't know what they mean or she gets it completely wrong so like in the very first session of the season somebody said appointment and then i rolled a crit fail on appointment so uh, i don't know if it was if it was lena or if it was chat but they decided that appointment mean, meant to go dancing you know, being ostracized and that she's not fluent. She is basically like a small child. With communication. Yeah, she just doesn't, she doesn't know. Plus her size doesn't help as well because, you know. Yeah, and the she's ears, tiny. man. The ears the are waving the wind. Like, she looks like dopey and really sweet and she's so small. So you're like, okay, yeah, sure. They're there. Daphne's just not as interesting as Shara is. <laughs> Daphne's a little sneaky. She tries to lay low. Um, that That's about it. That's all I'm going to say about her. Morning, guys. My name is Nelly. I play Amanda Olin. I am a tiefling. It's always brought to question, but I am level five. I am an artificer first and a bard second. So my character started as, a, as an artificer and wanted to aspire to different things in life, hence going to the bard lifestyle. And she's a bit of an awkward turtle. She's not the best bard, but she's probably the most eager bard you'll ever meet. And her go-to instrument is... Uh, she refers to it as a theremin, but it looks more like a, a long stringed instrument you'd have a cr lay across your lap. And it's pretty much operated by special, I can't elude more, special crystals. Not crystals of the unsavory variety, okay? And not crystals of the dark crystal variety. I do have questions though. How similar are those crystals to the one embedded in Shero's forehead? Because I feel like, you know, we're a crystal team at this point. I also need some crystals somewhere, guys. Yeah, we can get you some amethyst or something, like, to align your... <laughs> I don't know, to get you in tuned with your yourself. I, I don't know. Um, I cannot confirm or deny whether or not Amanda is uh, really into Shera for Shera or Shera for Shera's crystal. Guys, you may have noticed that Lena is missing. She's load-shedded, so she's going to join us for the second half of this session, where we will proper adventure. But for the moment... So we're playing a DM-free campaign right now. That's what we're doing. It's almost like we're a bunch of inmates who broke out of Arkham Asylum, basically. We're just free to do as we please. We're not meant to be out here, but, you know, good luck wrangling us back in. I like this idea. There's nothing that could go wrong. I mean... Unless the, the people in the chat are actively awake and paying attention. 
remember, chat, this is actually interactive gameplay we have normally. So we may be DM-less at the moment, but you can still help hinder or not hinder me. Yeah, in the gameplay, that you can type in chat and Teddy's made some really awesome uh, Twitch stuff you can do with your stuff. It's called Channel Point and it does some cool stuff. So check it, check it out. You can go on a Channel Point thingy. It'll give you a description. Just go crazy. But then I'm worried I'm going to overwhelm chat and they're going to spend the entire stream just reading through descriptions instead of actually watching us do things. <laughs> yeah, but that means they have less time to uh, hinder and harass. Ah, oh, true. But then they also might not heal us when we're almost dead, like last time. I think it's only fair. Like, we can't be out here, like, <laughs> leave ourselves vulnerable every single game. <laughs> So maybe yeah. whilst, whilst our characters are walking, we should give chat another, you know, description. What, what do we look like, guys? Should we start with the tallest? You go, Daphne. Am I the tallest? Yay! <laughs> okay, but also, so I'm going to give the description of Daphne, but this might help make sense. Daphne slouches a lot because she's trying to blend in. So although she's super tall, she does that thing where she kind of moves around like she's not, kind of lowers her body a little bit. But she is super tall. She probably has black hair but she is has a fondness for her disguise kit so every now and again her fur color changes or random things get added she probably has black hair we'll, we'll never really know big yellow eyes and that's pretty much what that daphne looks like so now you know and she has the earring it goes here and a little chain and there's another one going there she unfortunately has no weapons at the moment <laughs> Because we messed up, chat. So if you want to summon me a random plus two dagger somewhere. <laughs> okay, well, we're going lengthwise. So Amanda. I, at least I'm, I know I'm not shorter than Jaira. That would be terrifying. <laughs> life would be too, like, I'd be like a teacup chihuahua. Life would be too, too scary for me. I wouldn't know what to tell to function. So my character, Amanda, she is, like I said, a tiefling. So she's more on the magenta variety. And I realize magenta can be different things for different people. People might think magenta is like a weird kind of pink, but it's like, think of more like a between a fuchsia, pink, purple. That's where her tieflingness lies. And I do have antlers that come out of my hair, but they tend to like grow up, but they wrap around kind of to the back of her, of, around her head. Uh, so with her, when it comes to how she looks, um, she's about 5'11", which is still short for a tiefling, but by human standards, I am tall. I was so gung-ho. I want to make sure Amandla was an artificer first. I think it's like slightly influenced by like Arcane. I loved Arcane to like the beyond. Semi-influenced by Victor's character. Semi-influenced by Mel's character. Those two characters kind of influenced Amandla's creation. Aesthetics from a point of view with, uh, with Mel and more and the, the way that Mel thinks somewhat. And then also the way Victor's a tinker and... So Amanda, I, I don't think you guys, you guys haven't had a chance to see, but she's very much a tinkerer. She just, she's so focused on being a bard. She kind of like hasn't had a chance to actually show off. She's a really smart artificer, but she's like a, a, like a barely competent bard. So I mean, that's what people say. They, people see the barely competent bard. They don't see like the super smart artificer in the background. That's kind of where, where Amanda's background came from. I did describe myself earlier where I kind of look like a gelfling, like a really mm. tiny gelfling. So Shayra yeah. is a golden-skinned goblin. Oh, wait. How did you guys choose your character names? I mean, okay, Teddy, that doesn't count for you because <laughs> you inherited it. But what about you, Wednesday? How did you choose Shayra's name? My niece's name is Shayna. And she yeah. is this tiny little naughty child. It's not her fault. She's also <laughs> super smart and... 
if you had to go up against her in terms of survival skills, I think this child is streetwise. Like, she has got street smarts up the wazoo. That's where I got it from. Nelly, how did you pick uh, Amanda's name? Okay, so Amanda, in any Nguyen language, it means uh, strong or strength. And with her family, she's a tiefling, but she comes from a family of fighters or stronger. Uh, people are more like go-getters, very much strong individuals. And I think, yeah, Cherry, they're all fighters. And they named her thinking, you know, she too will be strong and also like, you know, out there being a fighter. She grew into her name, but not in the way they expected. So hence Amandla. And then the surname Olans, actually, it's a West African name. I have this thing where I try to incorporate different names or, or symbols or whatnot from different parts of the continent. Just to like have a little homage to that. So either my character's name will be like East African, Southern African, Central African, something like that. So I'll try to do like a nice little mashup. She was meant to be really strong, but she ended up being a tiny by tiefling standards, not by a human set. Yay, Alina is here. <laughs> we found a Lauren while you were gone. Yeah. And he gifted us with a really nice dagger, a plus two dagger that Daphne took. I got a bag full of crystals as well, so I'm happy. He also asked Chera to marry him. And, and I said yes. I'm moving up from security guards. I'm willing to give up my creature comforts to be the next queen. So this is where we're standing. This is, this is all what happened while I'm sitting in the dark. Literally and figuratively, we, we were out here scheming and plotting and, and adventuring and living our best oh, yeah. life. We were. I see. So Lena, now you need to introduce yourself. <laughs> the DM. So we've introduced ourselves, described our characters, had a whole adventure. So you could just dive right in. No DM intervention required. We didn't need to do any roles. We're super pro here. No DM required. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and watch you guys go. Isn't that what you usually do, though? <laughs> you watch and you watch you watch in horror mostly. So let's have a quick recap about what happened last time. You guys got to the ruins of Il Ornos. You found Andromach living there, taking care of the surrounding forest and taking her duty as the caretaker of the ruins quite seriously. Uh, you had a discussion with her about what's happening. You had uh, talk about the Nightwalker that's currently killing the forest and invading the lands. And uh, Andromach gave you a plea of help to go to King Aloran and get some reinforcements to help deal with, with the Nightwalker. You, on the other hand, still have a quest to go and speak to King Aloran about... A certain, shall we say, close relative that has come back from the dead that is actually, you know, quite urgent for the king to know. And you guys really haven't been treating it as all that urgent. It has been a little side trip on a little side trip. We've been running non-stop the entire... That's urgent. That's urgent. It may not have been in the right direction. We've been urgently trying to stay alive. <laughs> and I don't know what anybody's talking about. I'm here for the booze. Okay, so at the ruins of uh, Il Ornos, you also found the unfortunate tomb of Kira Nightingale. You guys made your way towards the Portostars 
using Andromach's help to just open a route through the forest. And you guys have been traveling for a couple of hours. It is now getting to just past midday. It's quite hot. Uh, luckily, the the trees that have created an avenue for you have like given you a little bit of shade. And as you're walking through the trees, the, there's this constant rustling. And if you look back, you can actually see the trees slowly moving back to their original positions and replanting themselves. Oh, Sarah didn't know that trees could walk. That is unnerving, but also interesting to see. And I, Amanda's probably going to move a little bit, just a little bit faster, thinking that rustling is a bit too close for comfort. Um, I, I don't think they're supposed to. Yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> She's going to walk faster as well, follow after Amanda, look around suspiciously the whole time. <laughs> Everybody give me a perception check. Oh, damn. Kikoskopy just gave everybody inspiration. Oh, oh that's amazing. Kikoskopy is very, very generous today. Oh, wow. That also means that I need to do some things for you to use that inspiration on. I'm okay with not doing that. 17 for perception. 15. 18. You guys are walking and just ahead over like a rocky outcropping you see that the forest is coming to an end and that dead spot where the trees have died and uh, nothing is growing it's like a line and pretty soon you reach that area again and behind you the forest closes looking ahead it is barren like wasteland for as far as you can see and you know the general direction of the area that you need to travel to get to the Port of Stars, but you are approaching it from, well, which of you have a map? I do. Well, you can do me a survival check. If you use your map, you can do it with advantage. Yes, definitely. So as we crossed that line, I did a little like copy skip over it, like you would over a skipping rope. As you land, it makes this poof. When I landed, I looked at my feet afterwards. Like, I picked them up to check if they were still okay. They're a little dirty now, but they're still okay. Oh, that's even better. I'm picking my way through this very carefully. It's like hovering my foot a little hesitantly, eventually step there. I'm closer with the other foot or step there, <laughs> trying to touch as little of this as possible. I'm probably looking around because the moment I see that dead patch, I initially think of the, immediately think of the Nightwalker. So I'm really freaked out. And I'm kind of looking around warily and just like going to my bag and then take out the, the map. And I might be shaking. It's not stress. It's not fear. I'm just cold. And I, I rolled a 21 for survival while I peruse the map. You check for landmarks and you realize that Andromach was a little bit off you should head a little bit more to the right instead of going straight where you're going right now. Correcting your course, you continue walking towards the Port of Stars and you know that you're not far off, judging by the map. Maybe about another two hours worth of travel. And slowly picking your way, Daphne is slowing everything down by checking correct placements. Shayra is, is maybe getting her feet a little too dirty just to balance the carefulness out a little bit. And you, Amanda, are 
you're checking to see that you're not being ambushed. After the last time what happened, you're still a little on edge. Yep. One night of safety does not a calm person make. You three of you make your way steadily towards the post office. While I'm walking, I am going to, out of my pockets, I'm going to take out a, a sweet, which now has got like bits of who knows what stuck to it and eat it. It's that candy that definitely helped me get in town. Continuing <clears throat> to walk, you notice, stop noticing that there is a line on the ground that is starting to come closer and closer and closer as you walk towards it. Uh, it's almost like the land ends. And uh, as you get to the rim of it, you notice that an enormous piece of land seems like it was ripped up there and forms this huge crater going down. You see, in the far distance over there, it looks like a, a river is pouring over the edge and kind of making its way down. And looking down into the basin, you could see it's quite far off, probably about a mile. Looking down, what looks to be sort of a circular white wall, perhaps, with what looks to be housing, and there's a dam in the middle as the river runs into this dam, and then, well, you don't know where it goes off after that, but. The water is flowing into the dam, and it looks like there's a little town built around the dam, and that's encircled by a wall. Can everybody do me a perception check? I just remembered that Daphne never ate, uh, so Daphne still has level 2 exhaustion. Same. Even with my disadvantage, I have a dirty 20 on perception. That's because I trust nothing and I'm always looking around. I rolled a four because this is my first trip as a tourist and for tourist destinations, this is absolutely breathtaking. I have never seen like an open cave like this. Mind blown, perception four. I got perception 11, also at disadvantage with my level two exhaustion and I'm still hyper freaked out and worried about the Nightwalker. You actually go and walk right up to the edge, sit down, let your legs dangle off over the bit while you enjoy the view. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm so glad I came on this trip. It's actually quite a unique sight, and you're just content at looking at the city for a little bit. Amanda, you are a little bit more wary, and uh, you take note that this is a rather steep-looking edge here. How do travelers get down here? Uh, is there a path? Uh, no, don't really see anything close by. Sarah's just sitting there and dangling her feet over the edge. Oh. Daphne, you immediately notice that there's no path where you're standing right now. There's no path going down there. And you start searching how the heck you're going to get down? Because this is like a, a near vertical cliff that you're currently standing on. And it's not exactly a shallow cliff. You can't just jump off here. Climbing is going to be really hard. So you start looking for an alternate route. And you notice that a little bit to the right, maybe about five, 600 meters out, there seems to be another little 
edge and what looks to be a vague trail leading off there. And you start looking at it and very, very vaguely you actually see a caravan slowly trudging down towards the city. I walk to a couple of feet from the edge and kind of glance over and like, no, 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 we're going that way. We're going that way. Look over there, over there. There might be a road. Of, let's just, wait, uh, Chara, you're too close to the edge. I'm going to turn back and say, I'm definitely not too close to the edge. I'm at the edge. <sighs> just, okay, what, what, what happens if you fall? Okay, could you just... Could you just move away from the edge a little bit? I'm not going to fall, Daphne. I'm going to look at her like, you know, exasperated, where you like blink at someone like super slowly, like, and then roll your eyes like, come on. The ground is my thing. In any case, I'm going to get up after that and wait expectantly for them to start showing me where we're going. Wait. Daphne, what path? What are you? What are you talking about? I just, I can't see anything. I'm, we can't climb down here. Just obviously. Follow me. Just follow me. We're going that way, and this closer this way, and then that way. Okay, that that does look promising, I guess. And just chair up. Um, chair up. Would you come hold my hand? I'm so happy you said that. You can see the reluctance as Daphne puts out like two fingers and then just like takes Chero's hand and just moves her a little further away from the edge and then walks with her like that. And just out of character, for a tall person, her fear of heights is is really weird. I mean, surely you are so far away from the ground that it just doesn't phase you anyway. It just looks even further. That's the problem. When I see Shara's body, like, kind of awkwardly dangling from Daphne's arm, I'm going to also, like, reluctantly, like, let me help you, Shara. And I'm going to, like, grab onto her other hand. So at least, like, she'll be swinging, like, because, like, at least it's, it'll be less uncomfortable than her just, like, flopping about. I don't know. This is real friendship. Shara's pleased. Also, her hands are very sticky. I'm, like, mumbling under my breath. Just don't think... Just don't think about it, just don't think about it. Just, just like, as we're swinging Shara around, going towards the road. I'm just thinking, like, there's more important things than dirty hands. There's more important things than dirty hands. There's more important things than dirty hands. You guys make your way to the place where Daphne pointed out. And as you get closer to the area, you see that just a little off to the right, it looks like there's a road going through the steepest edge, slightly tilting down giving a lot better gradient for actually going down into the, to the basin. And you notice that uh, it's pretty well worn. Uh, there are several tracks heading down, and you can see that they've made some sort of attempt to have a, a cobblestone road there. It's a little rough, and uh, obviously with the, the soil being what it is, it, it kind of winds a little bit. It's not exactly a straight, straight road going down. Um, there's rocky outcroppings everywhere, so the road is kind of turning a little bit and winding its way down into the basin. Daphne's going to put Chera down, unsheath her claws, and start picking her road, like, on all fours down. <laughs> Very carefully and slowly making her way down. Oh, I'm going to notice that, like, Daphne's let go of Shara's hand, so I'm, I'm going to gently, but almost immediately, let go of Shara's hand. Like, also, like, let her down slowly so she doesn't fall. 
and I'm gonna like do it under my breath, a quick prestidigitation on my hand just to get rid of that uh, dirt. Since Daphne's on <laughs> all fours doing this weird crab walk, scared cat thing, I'm going to imitate that because I'm assuming that Daphne's more well-traveled than I am. When you're in foreign places, you should do as the foreigners do. And Daphne led the way. She must know where we're going and, and about the customs. So I'm going to copy her doing this weird all fours wow. kind of trying to walk down the, the path like that. You're still making your way down, taking your time. You notice that ahead of you, just in the distance down there, almost to the gate, is that little caravan that was trudging along that you noticed, Daphne, when you were standing on the road. And you guys are about halfway down when uh, suddenly you hear a horn blow and it just echoes across the entire basin. There's this momentary pause as you hear bells start ringing on the I'm going to stand up. I'm excited. These sound like church bells. Maybe someone's getting married. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to start running down the road like, you know, like an aeroplane. There's a royal wedding. There's a king here. There's bells. Maybe he's getting married. I've got to be here for this royal wedding. What is your um, passive perception, all of you? Eleven. Twelve. Uh, twelve. You guys are walking. You're not exactly sure what is happening right now. You looking down at the town. You can see a little bit of scurrying. You can see some people running up on the wall. And Daphne, you and Amanda hear some slobbering and footsteps. But like a lot of footsteps that turn into lope, loping gates. And you turn around and there is a horde of ghosts flowing into that crevice where you entered from the basin. Luckily, I was already running. I'm gonna yell. I didn't feel him, but they must they must have found us. They must have found us. So I'm holding I'm I'm awkwardly running down but holding the back of my neck as well, thinking that that, that mind flare is still still around. So but I'm running. Straight up running. Daphne looks at the ghosts, looks at the road down, looks back at the ghosts, goes No and then attempts to run, but she's still running on all fours and she's still hella slow because she's tired. And you know, um yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how we're getting out of this. We need to move, and we need to move as fast as possible. As fast as possible for me right now is 15 feet. That's as fast as I can go. Mm, okay, so what's your <laughs> movement speed, everybody? 30. 30. 30 feet. Yeah, but you're also exhausted, aren't you? With exhaustion level 2? Speed is halved at exhaustion 2. Oh, so then 15. 15 feet, then. You're running. Top but still trying to run. But, Shayra, you're the only one that's actually... And you're pulling away from the group. And Daphne and Amanda, these things are gaining on you. It's gonna be a close one. You start running. You start hearing the people on the wall yell, Run! Run! They're getting closer! And you see that a very dignified man walks up to the battlements, looks out, takes out a handkerchief, snaps it and says, attack. Several of the people here 
turn out to be mages and they lob a volley of fireballs over your heads. You two are desperately trying to get out of range of these ghosts. Now fireballs do me dexterity saving throws. They were shouting run, so I was running even faster because I was just like, they're so excited to see me. Mine's a dirty 20, so... I actually had inspiration from previously, so it cost me thank you, but thankfully I'm going to use that one slot. Oh, okay, I got 14. You guys are running, trying to keep track of what's behind you, now trying to chase the fireballs lobbing over your head. You kind of stumble a little bit, Amanda, but you manage to still keep on your feet. You're desperately running. People on the wall are like, come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it. And you jump under the gate as the gate closed. Thank you. These fireballs land. They explode in these conflagrations, sending ghosts flying everywhere. A guard comes in. Come on, come on. You're not safe here yet. Those things can reach through the bars. What things? I'm going to like scramble up again and then keep tiredly running. I'm panting heavily. I'm not even running at this point. I'm just dragging my sad corpse over away from the gate. Several of the ghosts hit the front of the, the portcullis and you just hear the metal rattle and there's this dust coming off of the ceiling as there's this multitude of trying to climb the, the portcullis, trying to get in. Everybody do oh, deception Those check. things. Twelve. I rolled two eighteens with a disadvantage, so it's a dirty twenty. Nope, I got five. Daphne, you and Shara noticed that the portcullis is starting to shift ever so slightly by the sheer weight and force that these ghosts are putting on the portcullis. Daphne, you, looking inwards, notice that another contingent of guards trotting down with long spears towards the front gate. The two of you notice that if nothing is done right now, they're going to bend that portcullis and it is highly likely that some of them might get in. Giving you 10 seconds to tell me what you're doing. I'm going to go, this is a good time to help out. And then I'm going to take my one and only little dagger that Andromar gave me and I'm going to lob it at one of those things. I'm out of spell slots, I'm exhausted, I'm out of weapons, I'm gonna just throw my one sad little dagger in their direction. Do I hear Daphne say that? Yeah. I'm actually gonna turn and realize that I'm like, <gasps> so good thing, chat, I actually did take a nap. I didn't eat, so I'm still exhausted, but I took a nap, so I actually have my spell slots. So thank fudge for that. I'm going to use Thunder Wave, but I'm trying to like use that against the actual guests. You create a force of equal or potentially greater than what the ghosts are doing. So you can roll me some damage. I want to cast a third level erupting earth spell, but I want to target it to start outside the portcullis. Can I do that or not using a sorcery point? Because the range is 120 feet. If it has a 120 foot range, you can fairly choose where you want to start the erupting earth by okay. itself. You can use a sorcery point to maybe, if you have it, empower the spell. Yeah, I'll do that. Erupting with is a dick save. So my I am go not going to roll for 100 ghosts. <laughs> so I'm going to say that they do not save. Okay. They do not notice the ground churning below them. You can just roll for damage. So give me your damage, Amanda. 15 thunder damage. You immediately see what Daphne is meant. Daphne... 
launches her one dagger to this horde of ghosts. 24 to hit someone in the eye. So I was just basically looking to see if you hit a nat one because there's so many targets there. She so used it, it goes through the pot colors and hits one ghost in the face. I have the ghost startles a little bit as this dagger finds its face. You immediately follow that up with a thunder wave. You, you, you bring a hash gear and clap. It makes this huge dust wave as this wave of force and crackling thunder hits the portcullis. The portcullis crackles with lightning as it spreads all over. All the ghosts holding onto this thing immediately stiffen as their muscles harden up and they, they go over the portcullis and the back ones are clawing over these. But for the barest moment, you stop the initial force being put onto the portcullis. The portcullis sags back into place. What is your, your damage roll? 28. You decide to target just behind the portcullis. And as these things, their muscles lock up, they're being scrambled over. All of a sudden, um, Amanda, you just see the ground starts churning and this eruption of fire and, and earth hits, it scatters ghosts everywhere. The mages on top of the wall take advantage of this chaos being caused, lobbing and fireball after fireball, lightning strikes, and like after at most 20 seconds, it is eerily quiet. You see one ghost limping away. How far away is it? Is there a dagger in his eye? 80, 90 feet. That's too far. Can I yell out something like, yeah, and tell him to never interfere with my brain again. You see the finely dressed gentleman on the battlements look over at you when you say that. Shakes his head a little bit, takes his handkerchief and goes, snap. And as he does that snap, this wave of invisible force just bends the air. It hits that ghost straight at the back of the head and the corpse falls down. Daphne's going to start sobbing. I wasn't paying attention because I was trying to paste my hair back over my crystal because whenever Shara casts those kinds of hectic spells, her hair like stands up. So wavy hair, bright glowing crystals, so now she comb her hair to cover her forehead and it was in her eyes and putting her ears over as well. So I didn't see anything, man. Can I roll Arcana? I saw what that one German did. Yeah, sure. That was interesting. I'm mumbling under my breath about my last dagger is gone. <laughs> oh, is that why you're crying? <laughs> For both of my D20s, I got I rolled fives. That's how bad it is right now. Even my dice are exhausted. So Arcana, I got 11. You look at this impressive feat of magic happening, but you're tired. You, you don't recognize the hand gesture. You didn't hear the verbal somatic that happened. You just saw the after effect and you were just impressed by the effect. That was cool. The gentleman starts making his way down the battlements as the dust settles and some of the fires outside start whittling down. So there's nothing to burn out there. He makes his way over to the three and says, <clears throat> I am Bob. Where might you be? I'm going to pause and I'm going to part my ears so I can see. And then I'm going to straighten up immediately. He is finely dressed, correct? He's very, very finely dressed. He has this almost like a tux on. Ooh. But cut in a beautiful way with a little 
silver and gold trimmings to it. Oh, I'm not even going to roll inside. He's a real gentleman. I can just tell. I'm going to straighten up. I'm going to put my hand out and I'm going to say, Hello, I am the great and powerful sorcerer Shara. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. And I'm holding my hand out expectantly because I'm waiting to be escorted. Can I just, in a very stealthy way from the side, just press the digitation her hand? (laughs) Thank you. First impressions matter. You see Bob is reaching out to take your extended hand. And for the briefest moment, he pauses as the other hand goes for the handkerchief that is now folded in his pocket again. He sees the hand clears up, he gazes at you, Daphne, nods very subtly, and then takes your hand, Sharon, and says, Welcome to the city of the Port of Stars. What is your business here? I'm going to blush deeply, and I'm going to say, Well, sir, we are here for two things. The first is to go to, there's this famous pub here, it's called the king. I'm going to cover Shara's mouth almost instantly. I'm going to go rush towards Shara on my knees, cover her mouth, and then, then stand up in, in front of Bob. Uh, sir. You see that our one eyebrow is a little raised as uh, he just looks at what exactly just happened in front of him now. Um, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, our business is with the king, but it is quite private. We can't say it out in open the king, you say? Yes, and um, I'm going to whisper. I don't want to lean towards him, but I'm going like, to whisper towards him. We were sent due to business that is related to someone he thought was once dead. I see. He gestures up to one of the heavily dressed and armed people in, on the battlement. That person starts walking down. And he gestures for another few people, and they also start making their way down. And very soon you have an accompaniment of guards and mages surrounding you. If what I suspect is true, then the king will need to hear this personally. You, however, will accompany us to the castle. Um, if I could interrupt, apologies. One, I would like to fetch my dagger. Uh, I really need my dagger. And also, um... Just gonna like point down at myself, looking as if I've been dragged through several alleyways at this point, and go, Would it be possible to clean up, have something to eat? He flicks his finger with his white glove. You just immediately feel this rush of magic as a much more powerful version of precipitation just rushes over you and just cleans up everything. Your hair flops down perfectly, beautifully combed, and everything. Amandla saw that and is immediately jealous, but won't say anything. You don't think that this is a matter that should wait. You can impress a deal with your hunger and fatigue after you have spoken to his highness. Sure. I'm showing my teeth. It's not a smile, it's just teeth. Oh, I'm thinking like, oh, the king is tall. His highness, he must be really tall, even taller than me. I'm going to do like an awkward, like almost part bow because the other, my one hand is still kind of trying to awkwardly hold, like block Shara's mouth. My hand is probably big enough to cover her whole face, but still. I'm going to make eye contact with Bob and like do like an, a bow, like as you, as you say, um, sir, this is urgent business. Correct. If you would follow us and he starts walking through the port of stars, you are kind of boxed in by 
the gods and the mages. And they are escorting you through the city. I would like to be exaggeratedly slow to prove my point that we're pretty tired and they're being very rude. So I'm dragging my feet and I'm trying to get in the way of as many of them as possible while I'm dragging my feet. They just slowly escort you. I would have let go of your face, but I'm keeping an eye out just to make sure you don't try to say anything to Bob. Kind of walking around in the circle, greeting each one of the people surrounding us. Like introducing myself, enchanté. I'm all about that, introducing myself to very eligible gods. You are happily introducing yourself, but unfortunately, Shera, a lot of these people are like, they're very serious. They're like a little stone-faced, so... They kind of look down with one eye at you, but they don't say anything as they keep walking. I like these kinds of men, men who are really focused on their jobs. This is a great tourist destination. Amanda's just like, just like conscious of the fact that we are surrounded and I'm just trying to dust myself, on, dust myself off and look presentable, but also, again, on high alert because I'm still highly anxious, so. You make your way through town and you take a few turns and pretty soon you get to the waterfront where it is actually quite beautiful. They've, they've taken the time and the effort to build something beautiful. So there are little parks and benches looking out over the lake and you have a beautiful view of where the water comes down and under the wall through like a, a grating and then flows into the dam. You see animals and swans and the wildlife just floating around on the dam itself. And it's actually quite pleasant. You walk, you like see shops as you pass and uh, inns and um, you see the neighborhood. There's no real poor and rich neighborhood like you would see in other cities. It's all just beautiful. So they've taken the time to make it look visually appealing wherever you are in the city. Pretty soon you get to another wall that is like a circle within a bigger circle. And there's another portcullis there and some guards standing at attention. And as they see Bob approaching, they lean over and pull a switch and portcullis starts lifting. And you guys walk underneath going into the smaller circular area and you see a fantastically beautifully designed half stone half marble building that is is really really beautiful and as, as the sun catches the tips of it the marble kind of shines and reflects and it's it's very very eye-catching you hear as the portcullis closes behind you again that's not alarming at all you walk to this very ornate double set of doors and bob stops in front of it turns around and he nods at the rest of the people. They start dispersing and going on with the rest of their day. He turns to the three of you and says, if you would follow me, his majesty is probably at either the throne room or his personal study. I shall take you there and uh, just introduce you and then make sure that hopefully you are not wasting our time. And I'm going to straighten my back and go to my full height of 5'11". And I'm going to follow Bob. I'm also following very excitedly. I'm even skipping a bit to keep up with him because I know what majesty means. It means he's buff too. So he's super tall and buff. I'm also following, but I'm nervously grooming myself. So even though I'm perfectly clean and my hair is perfectly in place, I'm like grooming 
picking this right, touching the ear. <laughs> I'm a little nervous meeting again. You guys are taken through what they probably consider the castle. It is immaculately clean, beautifully designed, very ornate paintings, beautiful red carpets with golden tassels on, little marble statues every now and then. And it takes you through this corridor, you get to a huge set of double doors again, opens the doors, there's nobody inside. But you see a vast chamber with chairs and a throne at the far end, and you can safely assume that this is the throne room. I want to cast a message into Shara's head and go, I wonder if that throne is comfy. I'm going to say out loud, I'm going to hold my, my head, I'm going to say out loud, Daphne, Daphne, can you hear me? And I'm looking at Daphne while I do it, and I'm going to say, yes. That is a large chair and it looks very snuggly. Focus. And I'm going to like, I'm going to shout whisper. You know, like a parent is trying to like, you know, wrangle their like unruly children. We need to focus. And he takes you off to the side, following more corridors. And you can do me a survival check if you want. Natural 20. Because I was focusing. You said focus. I have an eight. I, I am looking around, but for shiny objects more than for where we're going. I got dirty 20, by the way. Fortunately, there's a lot of shiny objects. You, after a while, they all start meshing in your mind, you know. There's no real, like, that's interesting, that's interesting. It's just like, that section is interesting. I want to touch random things, but I'm not taking anything. It's more just like a, if we walk past a painting with a pretty frame, I'm going to like stroke the, the thing as I walk. Or if we see a cool statue, I'm like, touch it. It's, it's literally an absent-minded, I'm touching everything. There is this crack in the air as this handkerchief just slaps you on the hand. You take two points of bludgeoning damage as Bob goes, <clears throat> I was just looking. No touching. Why would you have so many valuable things just on display if no one can go anywhere near them? This is the castle. Definitely, you are very distracted and you are looking at the cool things and you've had this discussion with Bob. You don't realize it's quite a path that you're following. So if you had to turn back now, you'd have no idea how to get out. The other two of you are like, yeah, okay, we went left and right. And then we went like a second door, another left. And then we went like three doors down through that thing. And you kind of track your path into the castle. It's quite big. And after a while, you start walking into a place that looks a bit more formal. It's less decorative, more spartan, but the quality of the, the tables and the lighting and everything, it's still really great quality, but more formal. And he takes you to a door, politely knocks, and you hear something mumble from inside, and Bob turns to you and says, <clears throat> His Majesty is in. Uh, if you would just please stay out here for a moment, I just need to speak from No touching. I wouldn't dare. I'm going to nod very knowingly because he sounds exactly like Amandla. And I'm going to say, you and Amandla have a lot in common. She also doesn't like people to touch things. He raises one eyebrow. He says that, but he glares at Daphne in particular. And he opens the door and walks in. And that is what I'm going to call it for today. Thank you very much for joining us. I am on Instagram, Mystic underscore Bell. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as well. I am Miss Mvubu. That's M-I-S-S-M-V-U-B-U. 
uh, you can find me on Instagram also at Wednesday underscore Lefeuille. That's L-E-F-E-Y of the fairies. And people can find me on Instagram at Tedikus, T-E-D-D-I-K-U-S. You guys can find us on our socials. Watch out for the announcements. Join us for the fun activities. Watch our, check our website out. And, uh, you know, have a wonderful week forward, going forward. And if you guys have adventures, damn it, we want to join in. Invite us to your adventures, please. Yeah, we get get FOMO, so invite us to your adventures. We'll join you.